Are you ready to turn your crafting passion into a thriving business? Join me, Kimberly Smith, the Paper Chef, for a creative journey filled with success stories, expert insights, and the crafty inspiration you've been waiting for. This is Hello Crafty Friends. Hello and welcome to Hello Crafty Friends. I'm excited for today's episode where I'm joined with one of my personal friends, Sally Bernhard. Sally's been crafting for nearly 30 years. She started with scrapbooking. She loves making cards, gift giving, using cardstock in creative ways, and coloring with alcohol markers. In fact, Sally was the one who taught me how to color with alcohol markers. And I always appreciate that. I'm still applying those skills today. Sally's experience with teaching others how to craft. She was the one who taught me how to make endless 3D paper crafting designs, which really sell. Sally has a Facebook page, which I'll link to in the show notes. Sally B. Card Designs, where she shares her creations. And not only is this Sally's first podcast interview, but she's actually never listened to a podcast. But we're going to change all that starting today when she listens to this episode and then hopefully gets hooked on it. Sally, welcome to my show. Thank you for having me. This is really exciting for me too. Well, seeing it's my first and I've never listened to one in my life. I know my daughters do, but I don't, I didn't know how to do it. So this is amazing. Well, I will teach you how to subscribe to Apple Podcasts after this episode. So you can just see this right away after I post it. So I'm, I'm excited because we are friends from when we lived over in Germany. And I want to just start with, we've, we are like diehard craft fair junkies. And do you remember the time that we <laughs> got up at what, like four in the morning? I think you got up earlier than me to camp out to make sure we got our spots. I know that was crazy, wasn't it? It was freezing cold. <laughs> and we we stood around, didn't we? The people had been out there hours before us. We we arrived about five. Yeah. Um, and we were way down in the queue, but just to get a table, which is just crazy. Well, I'm glad we got a table next to each other because then we got to hang out the whole weekend together with you and Mary and I. Mary doing her crocheting and knitting and her mom, and then you with your paper crafts and me with my with my paper crafts. It was so much fun. That yeah, was, it was that good. Was good times. And you had hot chocolate, I recall. And yeah, we really yeah. wanted to make sure we, we had a good spot. And and I think location does matter in a craft fair because if we if we would have been really late, we would have been off in the side rooms where not as much traffic. There's not as much traffic. It's true. I think with, with craft fairs, it is location. And um, obviously, you know, having prices that are reasonable um and and your table to be colorful and people want to come and see and what you've got so right and so I want to ask you about how you come up with your pricing for craft fairs because I, I know a lot of my listeners are interested in that it's difficult really um I do make a profit um on most of my items but I don't want to how can I say outprice it I mean, I've made this year, I've done something completely different. I've made, um, um, it's called the Hallmark Christmas Movie Watching Kits. And um, I suppose putting it together um, and sourcing the items and whatever. And, and then the thing is pricing it and writing it down what you what you spent. And then I just think, well, if I double it, mm, it might be a little bit too expensive. So it's what I feel that I would pay for it, you know. So um, I think that's important. If you see little little trinkets and think, oh, yeah, that's worth that. I'll have that for a stocking filler or. So it just depends. I mean, sometimes I think I underprice my stuff, but then it goes. It sells. So I don't have it left. That's good. That's good. Well, later we'll talk more about craft fairs and what you do with those leftover, leftover items and things that don't sell. But I want to start out by asking you what you were like as a little girl and how you first became involved in crafting. Oh, gosh. I always liked painting and drawing and color. I loved coloring. Um, and I did well at school in art. So I got, no, I had one GSE uh, grade. 
I can't remember the grade of it was, but it was a good one. And um, and I wanted to go to art school, but my mum said, no, you can't go to art school. That's not you won't get a proper job. So I went into secretarial line, which I didn't enjoy very much, but I did that for a few years. But I've loved the colour insight. It's been always colour in. Um, and then I moved to the States with um, my husband, Tom, for a few months. Didn't have anything to do for the first time in my life. And um, so I started making, I was doing scrapbooks. Started doing scrapbooks, which I thought was great. And I made one for my my late dad um, of his life and with my mom. And that was the best thing I ever done because he used to look at that book every day until oh. the day he passed. And then when he did pass and his funeral, we had the books on the piano in their in their um, common room and everybody could see what sort of person he was and what sort of life he had. And um, so that's what started me off in the crafting side of pa having paper. <laughs> and um, and then when I went to the States, I was still doing um, scrapbooks. And then I worked as a volunteer as a pink lady at one of the hospitals. And they asked me to um, man the little gift shop. And I noticed they didn't have any cards or decent cards. And that's what got me into card making. So I started making cards for the shop um in the hospital and um the rest is history that is amazing <laughs> because your your father i mean to open up that scrapbook every day just brings tears to my eyes i know of what that means to him and i know your level of talent so i mean and it's not even about what you put into it's it's the heart it's all about heart and giving someone memories but i'm sure it also looks spectacular and to have it on display at his funeral it's really touching yeah. for the whole family. It, yeah, it was. I mean, I, I get it out occasionally now, and it was a huge – I had to make two in the end because I'd run out of space for um, the grandchildren, so I had to make another book uh, for him. Um, but it is lovely to look back, and um, he was in that case. But he was very arty. My dad was – he was the arty one. My mom, Out of my mum and dad, he loved um, – he used to be a display manager for Clark's Shoes. He used to go around to the shoe shops in England and um, decorate their windows. And I used to go along with him then. So I got a love for display, which notices when I do my craft fairs. Um, I like it to look right, you know, so. Right. You have a yeah. lot of different shelving units. And, I, and when I met you, I saw your displays at the shop. And you couldn't even keep cards in stock sometimes. They were running, they were running out. And how did you keep up with all of that? And how did you how did you approach for anyone that wants to get into putting cards in shops? How did you approach the shopper? How does that all work? And and I, I could see his talent coming through in your displays for sure. Yeah. Um I've got I've got my cards and some of my products in two shops now, in one in Farringdon and the other one in Oxford. Um, I can't afford to have all my products in in both shops because it's got their rent is so expensive. Um, and with me not selling them at a huge price, I don't, you know, I don't think it's I don't think it's fair they take so much money from me, but <laughs> but there you go, they've got to make some money. It's a crafters emporium, so there's hundreds of different crafters in their shops and um, with different wares. But my cards always go really well. Um, and I usually do a discount if they buy five, you know, they get one free if you like. Um, so they go really well and they just say, we need more cards. We need more cards. So I'm always making cards. I'm always in my room here and my husband's got Parkinson's, so he's not very well. And this is my little sanctuary, my haven. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Send Tom my regards. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't know that. Yeah, he's um yes, he's he's not very well. And when when I get a little bit frustrated, I think right, I've got to go in my room for a while and and um and then I sit and craft and then I feel better. <laughs> right. And he's always been very supportive of your crafts and knows oh, yes. your talent. 
I've seen him <laughs> support us and bring us things at the craft fairs and visit us and yeah help yeah. with the loading and unloading which my hubby does as well <laughs> yeah yeah um yes he's been very good and of course every time there's a parcel what have you ordered now and I keep saying oh it's just adhesives you know <laughs> <laughs> liar yeah, I know I'm glad my husband doesn't see all the packages as they arrive sometimes I go out and get them but of course now he's going to listen to this podcast <laughs> and he'll know so yes um I'm always ordering bits and pieces my room is getting too small um but I do have it there we do have do de stashes over here so we can do like like a craft fair but your de stash which is quite good because you can get rid of stuff and then bring more stuff home <laughs> right that's what a de stash really is in crafting terms like we get rid of stuff that we no longer use and then bring home stuff that we think we're going to yeah. use or we just order more stuff that we often use yes we all can relate to that. So I want viewers, since they're probably listening to your amazing accent, to know how, where you're from and then what brought you over to Germany. And, and then I can tell them how I got to Germany because they're probably wondering, how did these two do craft fairs together in Germany? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Tom was, um, well, we went over to Oklahoma for a few months and then I got sent back to England because I didn't have the right visa. Oops. And um, so Tom was able to find a job in Germany as a bowling centre manager on the base at Ramstein. And um, and then I followed him out in the September. And we lived there for nearly 15 years. Um, and loved it. Loved every minute. I worked at the Brit shop. There's a little Brit shop on base um, supplying the Brits with their British food and goodies um and that's and then we met didn't we through I think it was through Tammy wasn't it through Tammy's yeah, shop yeah. you told me there was a shop at wherever she was in Weilerbach or something and then I went to try and find it I couldn't find it and then I saw you and you said oh well, you know I'm going to be there I'm going to be there so and that's how we got friendly with Tammy as well didn't we so yes and Tammy Smart is awesome and she's still in Germany and she runs craft classes as well and you and Tammy and Anne and I are all besties and I that picture yeah. I treasure that yeah. all of us together when you had that going away when I left first and then yeah. since then and then after that Anne left and then you left and we left poor Sally behind I mean Tammy behind yeah we left Tammy poor Tammy <laughs> and I miss I miss her very much because we used to get together once a week or once every couple of weeks and just sit and craft or I made I had to go make some cards and we just sit and chat and you know um enjoy each other's company but also enjoy the process of what we did together yeah I yeah I miss her too so you mentioned the Brit shop and before I get into the best card class I ever went to at that <laughs> at that empty when when the restaurant was empty and we were able to have that class I want to just say what I was doing in Germany, which was my husband and I are teachers. And so we were teaching the military dependents and the Department of Defense schools. So that's what we were doing there. And as people who live on the bases, we can apply to be at those different craft fairs and vendor events and things like that and camp out and go to those. And we can also have craft classes, which I had many, many craft classes in my house, but my favorite was the one that you had in the Brit shop where we had so many projects. I mean, I, I've never made so many cards in such a short time. So what made <laughs> you think of that idea? And want to explain how that was organized for the Christmas. Was time. that the Christmas one? Was it the, yeah, Christmas, the Christmas club? One. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did that most years. Um, well, again, I had a lot of stock, a lot of stuff. Um, and I bought all my uh, stamps and my card stock and, punches and and what I did I made a few cards and put them all out and then people could just go around and make what they wanted or make more um that was really successful I love those days that was good fun and we had a potluck um yeah plenty of tea coffee that was it, what I remember about it is you had your cards on display at each table and we we, we could make them just like that or use the supplies on each table and it was so spread out and we could we could pick up 
we walk in, pick up the card bases and just walk around and make loads of cards in a short amount of time. And then we get to socialize and then you could do another round, make some more cards. It was just, it was so amazing because every card had such a unique design. None of those were the same or even the same yeah. sizes. That's that's me. I'm a person that can't do, I can't do bulk making. I cannot do it. Um, I might get too similar or whatever, or if I'm using the same sort of paper, then I can get some out the same, but I like to do everything different. And, you know, there's never, never two the same. That's right. And I think that's what makes your cards sell so well because they're so so much larger than the regular A2 card style. And you have yeah. big square ones and, and five by sevens and all the different sizes. I, even when I do a card class with um, my friend Jenny, um, she does obviously all the stamping up size, uh, A6, whatever, A2 you call it over there, don't you? Right, um, but I just do the front and then I put it on to an A, um, a five by seven, because my cards don't sell. The small ones do not sell. They People like a bigger one over here. And um, the five by sevens are the best. And that's interesting because my cards don't sell as well as my 3D items. And so well, let's talk about some of, you know, some craft fair items that sell well. Per personally, the way mine sell is if I bulk them up in a box and say, this is a a collection of cards or if i say five dollars each and and oh, i would say then five for 20 something like yeah. that or a box of those for 20 with the box then then they might sell but individually people scroll through them and don't really get those as much as they get the 3d items so for you what are some of your best selling items in the well at the craft is not really the cards as such not much um maybe just a few or the box i always do a box set box six for 10 pounds um they go quite well um but it's the little 3d items it's the curvy keepsakes when with filled with sweeties for the children um I'm, i've got snowman soup and i do um little candles in a box um yeah i've got lots of I, I can i can send you some pictures of what i've got i've got them here out ready for you to um to show you today i'll send you some pictures and you can perhaps great, put it right, on your page great i can put some maybe on my on my show notes if i can put them in there if not i'll link to your you can put them on sally b card designs because my listeners when i went into hello crafty friends we have a facebook group and i did a poll about what topics they wanted to hear about next. And they said craft fairs for sure. So they were going to be yeah. interested in seeing some of your things. I know I also make snowman soup for my husband to give out to, as something to give out for the holidays, but yeah. I, I have everything sealed like a packet of hot cocoa and a packet of the marshmallows are sealed individually. Um, Hershey kisses, little mini candy canes. And then I decorate it. So that way everything's sealed and, individual packets and yeah that's what I do um yeah. yeah I've done some things a little bit different this year um yeah my room is looking rather full and um I don't know where to put it all <laughs> I haven't unpacked from the last car fair is it that stuff's in the in my car still so I need to go and look at that and sort that out before I do the next one so I hope there's not any chocolate melting out there it's too cold it's gone too really cold, cold over here that's true that's true. It's not like Georgia. So what do you do with your leftovers besides leave them in your car? What are some of the things you do with your <laughs> leftover craft fair items? Um, some, of the, some of the stuff, if it's like little notepads and things like that, they can go away for the next um, next craft fair because, you know, they don't perish. Anything uh, foodie, um, if I don't take them to the shops to sell, then I take the sweeties out. It's usually sweeties. And my grandchildren eat those, devour them. And I just have the rest of them just flat packed and ready for next year, especially the curvy keepsakes. You can you can flat them, flat them down and um, put them away to next year. That's a great idea. I need to whip out that die because that, that oh, I tell you what, I use that all the, the time. I just done, just yeah. done some um, I just did the Halloween ones. I've just done some Christmas ones and um, and I just put Haribo sweeties inside and. They sell really well. They're nice for the Christmas table, um, you know, place settings, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, the little, the, 
the little curves for those sometimes and put a, a lit up a tea candle yeah not yeah. electric tea candle inside them and you just gave me that idea i need to do that again the see through yeah, that's bottom. a good idea yeah. also with the little curvy keys they, they bought out a couple of years ago those are nice if you just take a little circle out the center and put a um ferrero rocher um sweet inside nice. and then hang those on the tree they look so pretty on the tree so Did you have a window inside them so you could see the candy inside yes yes you can see you can nice. see it so you, you cut a hole out uh, cut a punch a hole of about an inch um and then they can see it's a ferrero rocher or whatever sweetie it could be um your hershey's kisses or something like that yeah, yeah. this is great because i'm doing one in a few weeks so the these ideas are not just going to help the listeners, but me as well. Now, for the displays, I'm not as good as you at the displays. And I think I probably have too many items. But um, one one advice, I think it was maybe Hattie might have given me the advice, like don't sell too many different kinds of items because it makes the table look crowded. And do you have any advice on on the type, how many different types of items to bring to a craft fair and how to display those to more effectively sell them? Um, I usually have them in little baskets, um, each each product. So the maximums in the product is about six or eight, so it doesn't look too much. Um, so don't bring so many, or you can bring more and just keep them underneath, but just display about six or eight. Is a, eight's a good number. I like that. Um, I make little cartons as well if I've got little small items. Um, yeah, and just dot them around and keep them in their little in their little um um what am i trying to say in the theme if it's jams i do little jam pots as well and i do chutneys jams and chutneys together then i do the little lipsticks for the children and you know um now varnishes oh, and all yeah. that sort of thing so just keep them in their little but don't it does look busy but if they're in little baskets and then you've got your little price tag on the front telling you what they are um people go oh that's nice blah 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 so and then they pick and choose what they want good yeah that's a good idea to put maybe some things under the table and then bring it bring it out later yeah so it's not very busy i tend to sell like the hershey nuggets the most and then followed by again that snowman soup and those things and I, yeah, it's, they're, they're good stuff. There's the good stocking fillers, those sort of things. And if they're only a couple right. of dollars or whatever, a couple of pounds, people like that. They think, oh, yeah, I'll have one of those, one of those that can go in so and so's basket you know, or their stocking. Um, yeah, their stocking filler prices, my things are. I had a, a barbecue and people were visiting my she shed and I sold all my Hershey Nugget treats. So now I need to make some more. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect yeah i mean i'll sell anything right if somebody says oh what are you doing with these i'm oh i'm bringing them to a craft fair and then <laughs> she wanted more if i would have had more she would have bought more for her co-workers so do you remember the that... order but there was no commitment on the exact number for the order but i have i know it when she comes to the fair she'll buy some more now i wanted to ask you what while we're talking about craft fairs and in in my opinion there's so many other benefits of doing them but aside from just selling your crafts at the fair so of course i'm into into this for different reasons than you and i have but what are some of the other side benefits of going to these craft fairs that you think in your opinion? well my, i'm i'm not a business mine's a hobby um whatever i make and whatever i sell it goes back on supplies <laughs> right so, so it, no, I, it, no, I'm not a business. I don't feed make enough habit, money. Feed your hobby. <laughs> it, it, feed, it definitely feeds my alcoholic, um, my cra not alcoholic, my craft, my craftaholics. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, I, no, I don't make enough money to make it a business. I wouldn't be able to keep up with it if it was a business. Um, so, um, yeah, not being a being a nanny and and look, looking after my grandchildren three or four times a week it's um you know finding time to fit in and do my crafts so um right so for me I get to also use it to promote my of course my stampin up business but I just find 
that it's it's so much more too because sometimes they'll say can you create a basket for the raffle and then we raise money for charity or they might or or i just meet people and hang out with them and all day yes. it's nice meeting people um and people appreciating your work um yeah i do it for the social side of things as well i think it, it, it's nice and to see other people's products that they make and the amount of hours that go that you know they they spend making their products um no I just enjoy it I enjoy going along and you I usually spend more than I make <laughs> well that's people. how I started too in fact <laughs> if I didn't have multiple streams of crafty income and I would just rely on craft fairs I would definitely spend more than I make but yeah so I find that it just so rewarding going to those and how do you when you're at a craft fair and someone walks by you and says, oh, I can make that. What, what's your response? <laughs> what do you oh, think, think this... someone tries to say that <laughs> or does say yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I did have one lady the other week saying, oh, I used to make those. I said, oh, do Why don't you do them now? Oh, I've, I've been poorly and what have you. So she hasn't done any craft fairs for a while. I said, that's great. She said, the, your stuff's really nice. And um, yeah, you can make it. If you've got, yes, absolutely. Um, anybody can make anything if they really wanted to there's some fantastic youtube videos out there there's some fantastic people that like yourself um that can show you and that's why i go to different card classes and and to get ideas and um yeah if they don't like it and that's what i do i i respond with that's here's my youtube video on how to make it and the measurements if you want to learn i have a tutorial on it in fact when they when they look at something and say that I I respond to with like here's the directions on how to make it if you want to sometimes they buy it sometimes they just say I can make that and it's just funny when they start taking pictures like they're gonna go home and make it in time for Christmas when I've been making it for months but have at it here's the measurement <laughs> well that's it I mean let them do it I mean I I do it out of a pleasure and therapy I think it is a ther therapy as well yes. um because I get lost in my zone especially if I'm coloring um I do I do enjoy that I don't do it a lot but I do and my my granddaughter um Olivia she likes um coloring as well so she's got her own set of alcohol markers not my nanny's special ones but she's got her own and she likes to do coloring as well so I'm teaching her she's done her first scrapbooks a couple of months ago so well, I'm glad you're passing this on, the creativity. Yeah. And so what, what got you started with the alcohol markers? Um, well, I was on the design team for a couple of um, people a few years ago. Uh, Poker Doodles is one company, Nikki Hall. And she saw, she sells digital images. So and then she was um, promoting the um, alcohol pens that, that she used for coloring pro markers to start with. And then they went on to graphic markers, which I think graphic markers are my favorite out of everything. Um, they last such a long time. I've, I've gone into the Stampin' Up ones. I do like them, um, but I don't think they last as long as other manufacturers. Um, and I got into coloring there because she used to do a couple of tutorials how to do how to do alcohol market um, coloring, and I used to watch those and then develop my own skill. Really, it is a skill. Take your time. Um, have the right pens, um, and if you've got an image to copy and color, then copy and color it. You know, copy it to the best that you can with the colors that you've that you've got um so yeah that's how I got into it and I love it so it was well, on a couple of that's great team. advice that's great advice because when I get my coloring to look nice I just use my coloring as my own example to copy and then keep doing it again yeah it's yeah but if, if, if you get a stamp if you get a stamp that's got a colored image on the front then copy that colored image that's the easy it might not turn out exactly the same but if it's the colors are near and you're happy with it and you've got similar colors, then use those. And I don't think it matters what pens that you've got, as long as they're good ones. Um, yeah, I've got all kinds of pens. I've got pro markers, I've got graphic markers, I've got stamping up blends. 
I've got Nouveau pens, um, you name it. <laughs> yeah, I know you have a lot of supplies and, and you're one of the people that always say like, use the right tool for the job, right? So that's yeah. that's good. Now, what are some organizational tips you can give to others? Because I know you have a lot in that little space of yours and it's amazing. Um, have some good boxes, sturdy boxes to put your stamps in. And I mean, I've got boxes of ribbons, boxes of stamps, um, boxes of dies. Um, yeah, cubby holes for paper. I have got a problem with paper. I do. I am trying to um, make it smaller, <laughs> but it's not working. <laughs> we all have a problem with paper. <laughs> Especially, I mean, I do, I do love stamping up paper. I love their cardstock. I do use all their cardstock, and I do love their DSPs. Um, yeah, it's not everything I buy with stamping up, but I do like some of their products. Right. Yeah. DSP is stands for Designer Series Paper. Yeah. Yeah. And we used to have some really fun classes. I I want to talk about the social aspect of crafting because, to me, that's my favorite part of what I do. And don't I don't do enough of the social parts of the of the in-person events. I go to several a year, but we used to in Germany just go to them all the time. Which well, was, it was like coming over to your house. I used to love that, you know. Um, thanks. Just coming over to see what you're making, and you know, you can put your own spin on it. But you come away with something you think, oh, yeah, I can use that next time, and what have you. It's not enough of that goes around. I enjoy going to people's houses and and doing something. Right. We get so many ideas and it was fun to have the potlucks and just the inspiration. All of us, you and Tammy and Anne and I all have different styles. Yes. Yeah, we do. And we would but that, that, swap that with that each makes other. It... I just remember we swap with each other. Even when there wasn't an official swap, we would just we would just go to an event and just give each other our, yeah. our, our, our trinkets of everything. 3D items, cards. We'd be like, here, I made this for you. We'd have baskets and we just give each other crafts every time we saw each other, which was really fun. I've got a friend down in um, Somerset, which is about 80 miles away from me. Um, and I met her at a craft fair. She came to with some friends to a craft fair that I was doing. And we've stayed friends ever since. And we craft along most Fridays, craft in the chat and see what she's making. She's got a few... Um, health issues and ailments so she can't do a lot um but we spur each other on we we show and tell <laughs> what we've bought that week or what we've made that week um and then we send each other a little package you know every couple of months of bits and pieces and yeah it's it's nice that little bit of social as well which is lovely that makes me so happy Right, because yeah, it does with me. And I mean, she's she's got she is such a poorly lady, but she's got always smiling and she's always laughing, and she is my ray of sunshine, and um, she's a wonderful person, and uh, we got on really well. And I wish she was closer because I think we would spend a lot more time together. Well, crafters tend to be such giving people because we make things and we give give them out to others, and then we share of our time. So. You've met the right kind of person and tend to be, we tend to be happy people because we're doing what we love, which, yeah. is, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the last um, event I went to was in Vegas and we did those card swaps and I'm still using those. I still take them out of the box and use them for inspiration and to help me come up with new ideas, which I love. Well, I have a couple. I have a couple questions for you. Like, so one is, it's gonna be from, or it's it's from my first. You are my third interview, by the way. This podcast is really new, so I'm thank you so much for being here. But my my first interviewee is was Tracy Vanover, and she asked, "What advice would you give yourself looking back ten years ago? What would you say to that ten ten years ago self?" Don't buy everything. <laughs> don't, don't buy everything at once. Just or what you see, and you think, "Oh, I like that." Because I think you waste a lot of money. You just need essential, 
essential supplies to get you going to start with. Um, I've got a lot of waste. I think there's a lot of waste in some things you buy. Um, but um, just be mindful. Watch. Yeah, go to different parties or whatever if if you still do um stamping up parties or things like that and just look and see and see how easy some things are um and just buy the supplies that you like and that you're gonna you think oh yeah I can use that again will I use it once or will I use it a lot I mean I have got a certain amount of stamps that I use Christmas time all the time um and just and and you need um good stamp sayings you need um greetings sentiments very important basic um dies circles squares ovals um yeah and excellent just watch what you're buying just really think saying can i use that again can i use it again you can't go wrong with buying flower stamps or flower dies or anything like that because you can use those all the time um but yeah i just think going back 10 years i think i would do things a little bit more differently um in some respects but then there's some things i just can't throw away <laughs> right, I, right. like our curvy keepsake our, like, yeah i mean i can't it's like ribbons i love ribbons and i, I you know that's a pro i've got a problem with that i love paper and i love pretty papers and that's why i make a lot of um 3d things because i love the papers um well that's yeah. that's great advice and i've been trying lately to get things that i'm going to use for a class a, an online workshop for a month that i get really into or i'm going to use it for my card club and i try not to buy just every, i used to just buy every cute set that i that i liked and instead i'm <laughs> like well i like it enough to teach it for a month and then or do it for a card club for a month and then i then i get it so now i'm not getting as many but when i do get them it's okay because I give it out as a prize or well yeah yeah um yeah now, I, on I, a personal I, level what what advice would you give yourself if if you could go back any number of years if you knew then what you know now stop <laughs> I don't know uh, yeah just be just be more sensible just just really look at it don't just buy what you see I mean there's like that program creating craft I mean I use oh god I mean I'm amazed oh, I've not gone bankrupt really <laughs> I got I got hooked on that when I was in fact when I was in Germany that's when I bought yeah. my first scan and cut because of that darn tv channel I know I know <laughs> and, I mean it is a, but yeah. now I, I now yeah. I can look at it and I go no don't need that got that don't need that. all I really actually buy from those channels now are their um adhesives if they're on special cardstock white definitely white cardstock white and black cardstock um that's what i use a lot and i think having a white card and then having your colored cardstock to accent it is better than making a colored car card i think personally yeah, right. it, nice. it makes it stand it makes them stand out yeah, I went on that channel and I got inspired from the scan and cut, which I'm glad I did because it actually launched so much of my crafting business. But it was more of just I watched it on there and then I bought it from from brother directly. But that's where I learned about it. And I got hooked on that machine. I know I need to have your classes on that because I don't use my I haven't got room to put it out. I think if I had it out on display all the time or an area that could be just for the scan and cut, I would use it more but i don't i don't use it that goes um, for anything if you keep it out and that's why mine yeah. is very handy so i can yeah. use it more often all right so another question is from dawn renee Beauvais. she was my second interview and she asked what scary inspired action did you take about any this can be about anything personal crafty or anything what scary inspired action did you take and what was the result What's scary one? Um, I suppose doing the first craft fair, really, because seeing if people liked your products. And also another scary experience is going into a shop and saying, 
this is what I make. Are you interested? Um, they are I don't so like rejection very much. <laughs> but, I mean, I took a few things in and they wanted crafters. I'm still waiting to hear from another lady um, if she's interested. She's taken a few of my products and from the last craft fair and, and taken them to her. They got a community shop in the village and they have a few crafters in there selling their wares. So I'm hoping to hear from her and see what um, if they want any of my products. So, Well, yeah, the, I think the fear of rejection is, is, is probably like one of the biggest human fears. So let's role play. So you walk in and I'm I'm the shop owner and I say, hello, what brings you in today? What would you say if you're bringing in your wares? Um, I was just wondering, you, you sell some lovely products in here. I was wondering if you'd like um, to sell some of my cards. They're all handmade, individual, individually made. Um, I've got some samples here. Have a look. I usually charge um, £2 to £2.50 per card. If you want to buy them at that and put your own price on them, you're welcome. Or I can pay you can pay, I can pay you a commission for selling them for me. So, um, or they, they, some people say, "Oh, well, we've got an area. You can pay ten pound per month for a table, a small table, whatever." So, oh, yeah, I think I think that would be a great business relationship to enter into. Well. Let's give you a trial run and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much. Um, how many cards would you like to start with? <laughs> oh, let's say a hundred. <laughs> I'm just kidding. okay. Yeah, I'll no, I love up. that. I love that, and I would just, I would say that maybe let them come up with a price because it might be a bit more than you think, or less than you. Th if it's less than you think, then you can go up. But I would say let them tell you what they would give you for them, and then yeah. Maybe you could then go from there. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, true. So that true. gives some people some encouragement to go into stores. One of my team members, Rhonda, goes into coffee shops and puts her cards there. Yeah. And sells them that way. Yeah. And another another idea I heard on one of my seminars was that someone had a QR code on the back of their card and then the person can pay them. So in other words, the shop doesn't even need to deal with the money. The, like you leave them in a shop. And yeah. it's on our system. And on the back of the card, they can Venmo you or PayPal you. There's QR codes. And then the, the shop just couldn't keeps track that someone actually does that and doesn't just take oh. it. I mean, that's interesting. It's on our system, but it was a very interesting way to do it. Like you put your card somewhere. They just have a display. They're not involved at all. The person pays you by scanning the back of the card. It's just another idea. Yeah. So do you do, okay, so you pay for the, so the three methods would be you sell them wholesale to them and then they mark them up. Then you mentioned there's 10, 10 pounds for a booth. And then is there another another method of sort of consignment only? If uh, yeah, consignment sometimes is like you pay a rent um, for the month and then they have a commission as well. That's what I'm doing at the moment, which, is, which I think is quite, it should be either one or the other. You either rent the area or you do a commission. Doing both is greedy, I think, personally. Yeah, no, I, think I tend to agree, yeah. That seems like... Um, because, I mean, my products aren't expensive. I mean, the most, the dearest item probably I sell is £10. And then once, you know, they've taken their commission, 25% is, is a lot of, you know, I think it's a lot, really, as well as your rent as well that you're paying for. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I, I think this is very insightful, all of the tips you've given about these selling crafts. Do you have any question that I could ask my next interviewee, whoever that may be? I don't know. Um, I don't think you'll meet, I don't think you'll meet any crafter that is, well, I have met one crafter actually that is very strict with her, what she buys and what she said you know but she's a stamping up demonstrator mm. and she just buys for that season that year or whatever and then at the end of the year she gets rid of all of it um she sells it all off um so she's really got a little cubby hole with just some <laughs> cardstock and a few dies or a few punches and everything else goes um I couldn't do that because I get attached to my my products um 
I like I've got all the stamping up punches that they've ever made, <laughs> probably. Um, you know, right, it's right. I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't be like that. Right. Oh, I, I, have, I love my punches and I have had a couple BOGO sales. That's a buy one, get one sales. And that they've been really there's so much work. So I tend to give away more prizes and mystery surprises now. So. So I, I'm not sure you gave a great answer. I don't know what you thought the question was, but like the question was like, if you, if you could ask another, a part yeah, how, how do people, like any question, you could ask them any question and about anything crafty uh, or they could be an, like the people I'm having on my podcast are artists, creatives, or even in, in some cases, business, they'll be giving business advice if, if they've done something entrepreneurial but we want to mostly start out these interviews with crafty friends, just like you. So if you have any questions, you can think of it later. Any questions you want me to ask them. It's just kind of a fun way to spark a conversation. Yeah. Let me think about that. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> so let's see what I wanted to ask you what your next, you know, future plans are, but you're still, what do you plan on doing any more other endeavors? Collaboration. No, it's, I'm or... just doing, um, I've got five craft fairs in the next few weeks. So all of November's nearly taken up, one in December. And also I've got to supply the shop. So I've got to make double the amount, really. It's where to put it. <laughs> this, this is amazing. You have six craft fairs coming up. So you people are going to be in awe of that. Because sometimes they get so stressed out just doing one. So besides having, you know, little stress of not having enough space to put it in, what are some productivity tips you could share about how to do that many craft fairs in one season? And you've probably already started already. Uh, don't know. I can't answer that one because I'm just literally been booking them in. I think, oh, yeah, I can do that one. Oh, I could do that one. Now I'm thinking, oh, my God, I've got to have stock for each one. You know, so um, I think what I'm going to do is um, carry on making as much as I can Christmas stuff um, and then take a few bits to each fair. The rest will go to the shop for their Christmas stuff. They need my stuff as well. So, yeah, it just my bed is covered. I've got a spare bed in this room and with the grandchildren stay in. <laughs> you can't see it. It's just covered in boxes and boxes and stuff so you need um, to put the, the grandchildren to work soon with that with that amount of craft fairs coming oh up. Uh, olivia loves coming uh, she always likes to come so um yeah she she thinks that she ha um, has to buy something from my store but i have to give her the money to buy it from myself <laughs> so <laughs> but funny. she she loves coming and she loves um putting the stuff out and tidying it up and everything so um that's quite cute i bet she'd be coming to a couple of these ones but yeah well, you're, I'll you're an inspiration to to be able to do so much i know yeah. you probably just keep on working at it and you've gotten better over the years and if i were there i would i'd be helping you mass produce these i know you I don't know. like to mass produce that each one is going to be unique but i would still help you die cut and and those kinds of things because those are time consuming tasks yeah, that that's the time the time consuming is the die cutting or the color if you're doing some coloring in or um it's not making the product, it is actually getting everything ready and getting the cardstock all organized and um but I'll I'll send you some pictures of individual pictures of what I've made for the craft fair so far and then you can see. But it's mostly with um stamping up papers and cardstock because you can't beat their cardstock for construction. You can't Absolutely. beat it. It's dyed all the way through with the colors and then it doesn't. And so it's solid. And it's, inner core showing up and it's sturdy and you can score it. Yeah. I do love that for the card. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. It is the best. It's expensive. I like their DSPs are expensive, but um, it's good quality. So, you know, you, you uh, get what you pay for. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm going to sum up our conversation. And then if you think of anything else, we'll wrap things up. And I'm just going to then like send people to your site so they can, your Facebook page, so they can see some of your 
amazing designs. <laughs> Today, <laughs> Sally and I talked about craft fairs, and we talked about how to display items and how to organize them so that they sell better. We talked about different ways to sell your crafts in addition to craft fairs. We talked about selling them in shops in different methods of doing that, whether it be consignment, renting it out, or selling them in bulk in wholesale, and then them marking it up that way. We talked about some of the things that Sally likes to do, like our how she started out with the scrapbooking and got into card making out of necessity and someone needed cards. And then how she loves to color and work. And we're always working on, and the journey is that we're both working on organizing our crafts better, not buying what we so much of what we don't need, uh, productivity tips and things like that. And we, we also talked about some benefits of crafting, not just selling our crafts, but the social aspects, friends that you meet at craft fairs, friends that you have for life, crafting as a therapy, and especially yeah. what you're going through with your husband's Parkinson, Parkinson. So that that gives you an outlet, not just for your creativity and your grandchildren's, but for therapy and an escape and escaping the everyday realities as we get into the zone while we're crafting. I know that's how it is for me. I'm in the zone when I'm crafting. Yeah, it's true. And I just hate being, <laughs> um, you know, Tom popping in, can I have this? And can I, oh, I think I thought I got to get up and go and do this now. And I've stopped, you know, I hate that. I hate getting interrupted, but um, it's a necessity. I've got to yeah, do it for Yeah, it, it is. And yeah, and, and it's just got to do what you need to do for your family. And then I know one of the things I like about being at my she shed is I can't hear the house phone ringing all day with the telemarketers <laughs> and I don't get interrupted as much. And my husband said, I need one of those on air lights to put outside the door. So they know when I'm on camera, because it tends every time they come in here, it's like I'm on a YouTube live or something. It seems like they're interrupting me. Well, it's been lovely talking to you. Yeah, Thank you so much here. for inviting me. I absolutely loved catching up with you today. And I will be sharing in the show notes this link. But if you go to facebook.com and then you put slash Sally, S-A-L-L-Y, B as in Bumblebee, B-E-E, -E, card designs, you will find Sally's group and get to see some of her amazing creations. I think you are super talented. And I can't wait to see what else you come up with because you're an inspiration to me. And oh, I know thank everyone you. is going to get a lot out of this conversation today. So I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Hello, crafty friends. And I thank you. And I will talk to you again real soon. And I'll, I'll uh, look forward to the podcast. Yes, we're going to get you to listen. <laughs> thank you, Sally. Thank you for joining us on Hello, Crafty Friends. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Your feedback helps us inspire more crafty entrepreneurs just like you. Stay connected with our community and shape the direction of our podcast. Visit HelloCraftyFriends.com to join the Grow Your Crafty Business membership group. Until next time, keep crafting, keep thriving, and keep growing. Goodbye, crafty friends.